0: Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe D'Amino. On this episode, we talk with keynote speaker, coach, and community builder, the great Rita Goodrow. She is an award-winning professional who is passionate about helping individuals, teams, organizations, and leaders build genuine, authentic connections in a robust community. With a strong background in community building, she has been able to grow her business and help hundreds of others do the same by all focusing on the meaningful relationships and opportunities that drive success and impact. Based in Savannah, Georgia, she's got quite a story enjoy this tale. It's great to meet you. I'm coming out of Kansas City, and I, I'd like to begin our conversation with, we're getting on the four-year anniversary of this pandemic. How did you get through it? And how did it ultimately change you?
1: So how did I get through it? Was I had already set up a business model that was set up for something like that. So I was actually very lucky, but I leaned in by giving other people an extreme amount of value and support during that time, which is what grew my, my business. Um, And then, uh, and I think it just changed me in terms of like, how I went ahead setting up future business models, future plans, future revenue streams, like anything to account for the unexpected and to account for, right. Instead of being very linear in my thinking or like very one way, it's like, How can I offer services in different formats? How can I support people in different ways, right? Like, and be creative in how I speak or how I provide coaching or how I do all of these things. Is that kind of like the direction that you're wanting to go Yeah, no,
0: that that makes total sense. So let's get into the essence of what you do do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child?
1: I get to get up on stage and speak and make people laugh and get people excited to go do everything that they want to do and more.
0: Which you would be their hero for that. But I want to know before we get to how this happened, what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become?
1: To be a solid gold dancer.
0: Okay. All right. Did you dance?
1: <laughs> I did. I did not. Dance. I okay. pretended okay. that I did.
0: So that's fine. It's still dancing. It's it's all good.
1: So they, so, I watched Solid Gold on television every week, and I would dance along with the show, and I was going to be a Solid Gold dancer, and then the show got canceled.
0: Yeah, I remember that. It was Solid Gold? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Solid
1: Gold, Star Search, uh-huh. American Bandstand, all those shows.
0: Man, it's like it's such a different world now because they kind of had a monopoly on everything. I mean, that was where you, everybody went there. Now, it's like... There's a billion different places to go to get your entertainment or you know it's it's weird. It's very weird. Um so tell me where you were born and raised and how did you get to this point because being in front of people and speaking and 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 putting yourself out there is not an easy thing for people. It's high on the list of anxiety for people. How did this become a natural like thing for you to pursue and how did how did the seeds get planted?
1: Yeah, so I'm originally from Pensacola, Florida, and my dad's side of the family is Southern Baptist. And so from a young age, I was in church, like put in front of people <laughs> to sing songs and to you know perform because that's, that's what you do when you have grandparents that are Southern Baptist. So anytime I go to church with them, it was get up and sing in front of the congregation. Yeah, and I can't sing. Can't yeah. do any of that, but you would still have to do it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my parents got divorced and we moved up to D.C. And very quickly, I I got immersed in the world of D.C. D.C. politics, D.C. kind of like high achieving, uh, D.C. you go to college, D.C., D.C., D.C. And before I knew it, people were telling me, you should be a lawyer because I liked to debate a lot and I liked to argue a lot. And so everybody said, you should grow up to be a lawyer. And I didn't I didn't second guess that. I just kind of followed that path because politics, the law, it made sense. I went to George Washington University. I went to law school in Chicago. So I just kind of followed that path and graduated law school and became a lawyer. And to do that, you do have to learn how to be pretty comfortable with speaking in front of people especially if you're going to do any trial work but even to speak to clients or in different situations and so that's kind of how I got familiar with and comfortable with although to be fair it's always comfortable with performing I was like in my kindergarten play chicken little and I wanted to be the lead you know what I mean like I just always had that affinity for performing but it that's how I kind of got to being where where I was at that moment where being in front of people speaking improv was a very natural thing to do.
0: So as a speaker, what's one of your favorite speeches that you saw in person or who was one of your favorite speakers?
1: You know, what's really interesting is that Tony Robbins, which I just remember this barely. He came to our high school wow. and he talked and I don't I couldn't tell you today what he talked about. He was not. The Tony Robbins, we I'm very, I'm very old. And believe it or not. And he uh he's not the Tony Robbins we know today. He was a very new up and coming Tony Robbins. And he spoke at our high school. I I couldn't tell you today what he spoke about, but I remember watching him going, This is his job. He gets yeah. to come out on stage. Everybody's listening to him. He's just laughing and having a great time. And he left. And I remember that that made an impression on me. Not one that I knew that I would actually step into, but just thinking, how fun is that? Like, how can I just have performing for a career to which my mother said, if you want to be a performer, you're going to go to community college. (laughs) And I really wanted to go to George Washington University. So I decided to stick with the law. But I remember that talk. I remember him coming to school and it's listening. Yeah.
0: So who's been a hero for you in your life?
1: So many people from big to little, right? I mean, really, honestly, it's the day to day people that make the bigger impact for me. There's a guy, Paul Brunson. I will say that Paul fundamentally changed. Well, there are two people, three people who have fundamentally changed my life in terms of what I do now in professional speaking and coaching. And one was a girl, Kelly Bass. I'm going to shout her out because she helped me quit the law to become a coach because that was, I mean, try to have that conversation with your family that you're going to quit the law to become a dating coach, which is what I quit the law to do, become a dating coach. And that's not a conversation right. that sounds fun to have. So yeah. she helped me navigate through that. Once I was a dating coach, I met Paul Brunson, who, if you Google him, he's super famous, ran the number one matchmaking agency in the world, is on TV in the UK now. All stuff. he immediately said, you're incredible and I want to support you in every way you That I can. And he's the kind of person who will champion you and speak your name in rooms that you're not in and behind closed doors. And because he was so supportive and so openly giving of trying to get me opportunities, it accelerated the trajectory of my coaching career. And then there's Rachel Sheeran, who is a public speaker a professional public speaker who really has motivated me and given me what I need to step further and further into speaking as a career. So it's like kind of like each impact and conversation that you have, but the the thing they all have in common is they believe very heavily in championing and uh, spotlighting and elevating other people as the way that they come at life inherently. And not only did it changed me by the opportunities, but it's changed how I want to operate in the world as well. Because lawyers don't all, not all lawyers, but overall don't operate from that kind of mindset of putting other people first and turning down opportunities to support other people. That's not the mentality there.
0: So what was the first time on stage where you're like, wow, I got it. This makes sense. This is something that I can do. You felt confident. It was a breakthrough moment.
1: Yeah, I was Telly the Tooth in my school play. No, I mean I, I, I like. I, I mean I, I did audition to be Telly the Tooth in my first grade play, but they, I could, I had a memory that I memorized every line in the play, and they made me the prompter instead of the lead. It's still wow. a memory that scars me to today. Yeah. So I pretend like I can't memorize everything, but really it was um when I left the law to become a dating coach. A woman had me come speak to a networking group that she ran, and I was just telling my trajectory. like I had gone on 35 dates in 35 days, blogged all about it. The blog became very popular. It's a funny story. So... I was talking about how that experience it was the bridge between quitting my job and becoming a, a dating coach. And I remember people laughing and I that was great. And I remember just feeling really good. Like, oh, I can just tell story. I was just storytelling. I was like, oh, it's not really like law speaking where you had to get every point. You had to say your words very carefully and it was all about manipulation or we'll call it influence, right? Like instead, this was like, I'm just telling stories. I'm just like, sharing a piece of myself vulnerably and people are responding to it. And afterwards, people came up to me and started asking questions I would have never anticipated or giving me feedback that I didn't even think would be what people walked away from the talk with. And I remember thinking, this is it. I want this feeling on repeat every day.
0: So what is your motivation every day to wake up and not only to do the job to motivate people, but to also evolve as a person? What is that for you?
1: Yeah. So I mean, like my motivation to it is uh, I'm always learning something and always growing and always stretching a muscle. Right. So um, anything you do is not static. So there's always more to learn. There's always like for me getting out of my comfort zone is like I hate the feeling and I love the feeling at this. Like I love to hate the feeling of being like in discomfort, but it's always kind of like if I'm getting too complacent or everything feels like it's on autopilot, it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, I'm not stressed. I need to change up my keynote a little bit. I need to be creative and think of a different one. I need to um, go to a networking group I've never gone to before, go to some environment that's really uncomfortable to me so that I have to like have all my senses turned on, right? And I think that, that it's just feeling alive, like you're actually present in the world around you is really the motivation for me to show up and do what I do every day. In addition to helping other people, right. Make an impact in their lives.
0: What's one of your favorite client success stories?
1: Yeah. So I have. I mean, it's always like I'll I'll even say one today because it's every day I have a new favorite client success story. So one of my coaching clients today, she just started a business. She wants to, she has dreams of why she needs to support her family and be financially independent and and be able to make this business be the thing that like just changes her life. But like everyone, she goes to, um, to quote her rates and she never quotes the rate she wants to quote. She always like undercuts it or immediately agrees to a discount before they've asked or whatever it is. And we've been working on a little bit of mindset there. And today she said, Rita, I just quoted my rate like very neutrally. I just quoted my rate. And then basically the woman said, <laughs> Okay. Like her concern had nothing to do with the rate. And I see now that I can literally support me and my family in the way that I want to, if I kind of just continue to feel confident in myself, it's those moments. It's not big, huge things. It's like these tiny, tiny moments, whether I'm speaking to an audience and someone comes up to me and just says, I did that thing right as you said it. And it could just be, I sent the message. I went ahead and said yes to the opportunity. And I'm just, it's not even that the result has happened. It's, I'm just excited that I did that, that I changed the way I was doing something. And I think that that's always the best success story.
0: What's the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Yeah, to um, get out of my own, to get out of my own way. But what that really means in in a tangible way was, to detach from the outcome, to be certain in the outcome, but also detach from it. So like, I'll be a success. No matter what, my vision of success, it's going to happen. But I don't know when or I don't know how, but my job is just to show up and take actions at the level of the success I want. So like, if I want to be a seven-figure Business owner, people can always equate money well. Then my job is just to show up as the kind of person that would become a seven figure business owner. How are they acting? How are they? What decisions are they making? What are they saying yes to? What are they saying no to? And know that that will get me to my ultimate goal, but being open to the path that I get there. Like I could go to California and there are a thousand different ways to get to California. If it's not the path I thought would get me to California, I need to be okay with that. And so that was the best advice to let go of attachment to the plan and still be certain in the end result or in destination.
0: So of all of the things that you've done, evolved into and become and achieved, what are you the proudest of?
1: I think I'm the proud, oh, that's a, oh, okay. So I think that I'm just proud that I changed my mindset uh, and stepped away from what I thought I should do Because I I was always fearful of other people's opinions and what other people thought, other attorneys, my mother, like my friends, and I felt okay with who I was authentically. I think that's the proudest thing. I not only learned who I was, but I became okay with who I was. And the minute I did that, I could make decisions that actually supported what I wanted in life. And that changed everything for me. And it's not the easiest thing to do to know who you are and to then feel okay with what you discover about yourself and feel like you're enough. And I would say that's probably the the best thing that I've ever done for myself is to say, I'm enough to do whatever I want. I don't have to operate by other people's kind of rules or judgments for me.
0: So let's say we get off this Zoom call, time machine pulls up in front of your house. You can go anywhere in the history of time and see one event with your own eyes. Where are you going?
1: I'm just going to go to the end of this year. I'm going go to go uh, in the future. I'm going to go to the end of this year because I am certain that I will just love what I see future Rita doing. Um, if I had to go in the past, it would be to seven-year-old Rita and just tell her that her dreams are going to come true and she will have the life that she wanted. But I think I would rather go to the the future and just confirm yeah. that, yep, everything is on track. It's, it's all good. good. It's all yeah. good.
0: So, everyone out there has a perception of you. There's all these pockets of people, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
1: Yeah, I'm a thing. I think I'm a person who is humorous. I have integrity. I'm a person who shows up for myself. And for other people, I mean, if I had to put it into a phrase, it's, I'm just, I'm a person who shows up. I show up good enough. I show up messy. I show, I just show up for myself and for other people every day in whatever way that is. And I think that that's, That I don't know that Rita in the past would have said she showed up every day regardless of, you know, how she looked that day or what was happening in her relationship that day. Or there are very many days Rita did not show up for in the past. And so I am a person who just shows up and feels good and operates from I just want to show up in alignment with my values and focus on what I'm giving and being the person who takes action in alignment with my values without concern about what I'm getting Back. And that's what I mean by showing up. I show up to give, not to get. And it yeah, makes it easier yeah. to show up every day.
0: So if you can meet one person on this planet that you find fascinating and spend some time with them, who would that be? Mm.
1: I can meet one person. That's that's hard. It's so hard for me because I tend to be the kind of person who goes out and meets the people yeah. who I want to meet, or at least I reach out to the people who I want to meet. I would say right now there's a there's a company, it's called Better Up. And there's a guy who does a lot of work named Adam Grant around um workplace community and culture, but in this fascinating way about being authentic, showing up as yourself. Everything he says that I read, I'm just like. Yes. And I resonate with it so hard. and I have so many questions for him and he's so hard to get in touch with Adam Grant. If you're listening, he is somebody, I think just on the top of my mind that I would find fascinating to talk to and just find out how he's arrived at some of the thought leadership and and why he sees the world the way he does and what his mindsets are around some things. I think that would be very fascinating.
0: What's the best thing about living in Savannah, Georgia?
1: All the people. Everyone's so friendly. It's just like it's a ta- you can walk everywhere. There's nothing that's more than five minutes away. Flip flops are formal wear here and everybody is so friendly. And I think I that that's it. the best thing.
0: Yeah. That's great. So yeah. if anyone out there wants to hire you, learn more about you, reach out, anything about your world, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, they can just go to Rita Goodrow, my name.com. It's got my information. It's got my keynotes. You can email me at Rita at Rita Goodrow.com. Everything, just Rita Good. I'm literally the only Rita Goodrow in the United States of America. Which oh, has been, well, that's... Yes, very convenient. <laughs> like first, You can just go to Rita Goodrow, anything, and you'll find me. But Rita Goodrow.com is the best way.
0: Okay, excellent. Yeah, I've gotten people that have reached out with my name. One guy owns the Minor League Baseball Hall of Fame somewhere. Another person is like like an expert in, in something that involves sports. Like there's a doctor in one city. So yeah, sometimes it gets kind of weird and you dicey. Meet
1: up. You and guys should like I'm reach saying. out to each other. Yeah. I know.
0: That'd that's, that, yeah. that be cool. We all get together yeah. and we're like, why are we here? And it's like, Hey, my name's Joe. My name's Joe. We're all just <laughs> like, wait, hold on. This is a John Malkovich film. What are we doing? So yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyways,
0: Rita, this has been wonderful. I got to tell you, you have been the quickest response to every single question. The only time that you stopped, for a second it was very quick and you got right into it was who you wanted to meet but man i i i was thinking the the time machine thing was going to stop you for a minute i was hoping there would be a pause but you just you're a pro you went right into it
1: (laughs) you can edit a pause in if you want
0: no 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 i everything's everything's going to be all natural thank you reader for your time thank you for your
1: story Thank you. It's going to be great to meet you. Thanks for
0: tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.